When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Well, it's Talking Real Money Daily. Hello, I'm Don McDonald. What a great way to start the week. This is good. This is just a great way to start the week. I've got two things that just make it a pleasure to do stuff like this. The first Well, I could make it about money. Sure, I'll try to make it about money. (laughs) Um, Product placement. You've heard of that, haven't you? That's where someone pays a lot of money to have their products featured in popular television shows or movies. You know, you'll see a logo for a business. Usually those businesses pay. You know, like if, if they're using Apple computers... Apple usually paid a promotional fee to have Apple's featured or Ford cars or whatever it might be. Well, you would think, you would think that there is one show on television that is safe from product placement. You would think, what show would you think is absolutely safe from any form of product placement? It's probably the most popular show on television right now. I'll give you a give you a clue i watched the episode last night to give you another clue there's only two episodes left there's another clue dragons are in it there's another clue (laughs) and and this is by the way this is not a spoiler if you haven't if you're going to binge watch season eight of game of thrones you're going to be fine unless a potential product placement event you consider to be a spoiler but I was I was reading the New York Times this morning and somebody commented in the comments on a Game of Thrones story about the Starbucks cup. And I went, oh, they must be joking. So I went to my HBO Go app and I fast forwarded to the scene where they're all drinking and having a lovely time. It's at almost exactly, well, it's at 17 minutes and 39 seconds, I believe of the fourth episode of season eight of Game of Thrones. If you have the app, go look and tell me what you see sitting on the table in Winterfell, a fictional city in a fictional world that's fictionally medieval. The one thing you would never expect to see them drinking out of at a rousing post-battle party is a Starbucks coffee mug. Wouldn't that be the last thing you'd expect? (laughs) And I can't really tell if it is Starbucks or not. I've looked at it multiple times. There is a logo on it, but considering they shot the scene in Ireland, I'm not sure. I don't know that it's, it's Starbucks, but, oh, it's definitely a cup. (laughs) It's, it's definitely a cup. As a matter of fact, 
I'm going to feature it in this episode's cover image. So if you're listening to it uh, on TalkingRealMoney.com, the cover image for the show is is a picture, a screenshot that was taken from the show. <laughs> it's it's a ten million dollar episode. You can't hire some kid for ten bucks an hour to look at the scene and go, "Anybody got a coffee cup left on set?" And then how? Did the editor miss that? Should dock his pay for that one episode. It's right there. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I had to start it with a little levity because that one just cracked me up. It is such a glaring mistake to see this plastic-lidded coffee cup with a sleeve on it sitting right next to Daenerys Targaryen's right hand. As if she was drinking that instead of the mead or whatever it was. I think they were drinking wine in this episode. Not Again, no spoilers. Uh, welcome again to the show. I'm Don McDonald. Our number here is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I just keep looking at this picture and it makes me laugh. 855-935-8255. You can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and ask those nagging financially oriented questions money and investing particularly investing and let's talk about investing for a minute even though passive investing index fund investing passive doesn't have to be indexes per se it just has to be a particular set group of stocks but let's just call it index investing for now is becoming increasingly popular and there's a reason. There are a couple of reasons. One, it's a lot less expensive to just buy all the stocks in an index or in a particular market. Two, there is increasing evidence, most of it academic, really well-researched studies that keep showing over and over again that actively managed Mutual funds, actively managed hedge funds, actively managed endowments, they, they don't provide anything. They don't provide what they're supposed to provide for the extra money they charge. You know those fancy hedge funds that charge 2 and 20? That's 2% per year and 20% of profits. Or in some cases, like SAC Capital at one time, 3 and 30, 3% and 30% of profits. There's no evidence that they actually provide any additional returns to investors. Warren Buffett made a very famous 10-year bet that the S&P 500 would beat a portfolio of specially selected hedge funds over a decade. And, and he won that bet. He totally won that bet in 2017. Well, there is this conference in New York every year. It's a uh, one of the probably one of the biggest con uh, uh, conferences of investment professionals, big hedge fund investors, money managers. They're there to tell other money managers how to best invest. Well, last year the Wall Street Journal's heard on the street column had their columnists pick. Well, the the experts at this thing picked eight long positions, eight stocks that they believed would do well, buying them long, and two that they thought would do badly, 
and shorting them. And the Wall Street Journal columnists took turns throwing darts at the stock page of the paper. This was one year ago. From April 23, 2018 through April 22, 2019. And the, the experts at this SOHN conference, S-O-H-N, by the way, um, averaged negative 9.7% over that year. How does that compare with the S&P 500? Well, the S&P 500 returned 11% over that same period. That's a 20% difference. That is huge. And these are some of the top experts in the country. Guys like David Einhorn. Uh, these are really big, uh, you know, mutual fund manager, uh, Ted Ted Sidis. Um, no, that was the guy that Warren Buffett bet against. Who was one of the other guys? There was somebody else I re- recognized there. Uh, I can't find it. Any, oh, uh, um, 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 Jeffrey uh, Goodlatch from Double Line. He did horribly, horribly. Whereas, remember the S&P 500 did 11.1. The Wall Street Journal guys threw darts at stocks. They picked eight longs and two shorts. Their total return for the year was 17.3%. So they did 27% better throwing darts than did the experts. Now, this is not scientific, but it is interesting. 855-935-TALK is our number, 855-935-8255. You can also send your questions in via Talking Real Money, and we will answer those on future podcasts, just like we will if you call them in to 855-935-TALK. And let's take one of the written questions right now. This one's actually a pretty quick one. The subject is, which income annuity is best? The message first. You guys do a great job in service with the podcast. I've been listening for years and every episode. Good job. Several weeks ago, you mentioned a specific firm that is generally better than the others for a traditional fixed income annuity. I think it was TIAA, TIA. But now I can't find the episode when it was discussed. Could you please let me know what would be the best place to purchase a good annuity? Well, TIA is one of the more honorable, lower-cost places to get a fixed annuity. I I don't know for sure, but I am pretty sure that Jefferson National also does no-load annuities. I know they do no-load variable. I don't know for sure if they do no-load fixed, but that would be a good place to start. And since that was so short, let's take another one. This one, uh, subject is choice and ETFs. I'd like your opinion about whether it is better to invest in the Vanguard Total World Fund or Vanguard Total Stock and Vanguard FTSE All World XUS Index Fund, still diversified, but is 100% VT better than 50% VTI and 50% VEU? Why and why not? Well, going with just the VT, which is the Vanguard Total World Index ETF, is easier. It's just easier. 
you're not going to get a 50-50 mix, and you're not going to get the ability to adjust your global allocation between the U.S. and, and international. So if I was building a more properly diversified portfolio based on current global allocations, I'd probably go with like 55% VTI and 45% VEU, but you can even get more uh, specific. You could start getting into emerging markets funds. You could start getting into small cap value funds and and adding those is going to add potentially to your return and possibly reduce your volatility a little gives you the ability to more tightly manage your portfolio but it also makes it more complicated so the reason we like vt as an etf or vtwax which is the open in fund is because of the sheer simplicity and we believe that for the vast majority of investors the differences will be negligible but the effort will be significantly reduced. And that's one of our big issues is we want investing to be incredibly easy for you. If it's not easy, you're not likely to do it. So that's why we've gone with a two-fund solution, you know, the Vanguard Total Bond Market and the Vanguard Total World. But, yeah, you can build a slightly better portfolio, we believe, by adjusting your allocation between those asset classes that have tended to do better and keep it more accurately global. But is it a big deal? Not to me. Again, our number, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend or two or 10 or 20. Tell everybody you know. And subscribe to the podcast, particularly at Apple Podcasts, because that helps us a lot. It helps grow our audience because that's the only way we're going to get into that top 200 list with all the people who cheat to get there. So um, subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe, even if they don't listen, although we'd prefer that they listen too. Tell them to subscribe. Uh, take good care. Thanks for listening. I'm Don McDonald. Talking real money. Realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.